It's not that we shouldn't have conflict. It's, it's when we have conflict, how do we manage it? How do we negotiate it? How do we get through it? That's really the question I think you're asking. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting. We're here to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while actually enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Justin Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Lost Art of Parenting without the parenting guru, the master herself, Kim Cross. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Good to be here. So, Kim, uh, we've covered a couple different topics over our last few episodes, but uh, I think this one's going to be a big one because we're talking about conflict resolution, according to the outline that you sent me. Yes, and actually, we're talking about life because that's full. Life is full of conflict. Life is full of conflict. So. Um, what are we talking about? Are we, are we talking about specifically when your kids and you are in conflict? Or are we talking about, you know, can't you just tell them to shut up and do what you say? Oh. Is that not the option? <laughs> that is Go to your room not okay, because Jesse. I said so, right? <laughs> These are all the great parenting ideas I have. This is why one of us is actually <laughs> in parent? charge of here. <laughs> and the fact that you don't have children really makes this <laughs> not good. <laughs> So pay attention, Jesse. Okay, We're going to get you ready, ready for when you're a parent. <laughs> fix, fix me up so that I don't go into this blind. What okay. should we do when we are in conflict with our kids? Well, you're jumping ahead of me, but basically let's define conflict. So what is it? So we don't see eye to eye. We don't agree. We don't have the same values. We don't have the same opinion. We don't uh, are not reaching for the same goal. It can involve a lot of things. Mm. And it's not just between parents and children, but children with children, sibling rivalry, right? right? We have a whole podcast on that. And then, of course, parenting is involved as spouse, as spouses, right? So you have that conflict. But literally everybody has conflict pretty much every day at, right. to some degree. Okay. Is it normal? Yes. Conflict is normal. If you only ever agree with people, then... <laughs> If they just do it my way, if it's all good. they just do it my way. I mean, I say that all the time, but I don't think that's how it's supposed to actually it's work. It's not how it's supposed to work. So it's not that we shouldn't have conflict. It's, it's when we have conflict, how do we manage it? How do we negotiate it? How do we get through it? That's really the question I think you're asking. So <clears throat> there are several steps in what we call conflict management skills. I'm not going to go through them all today, but I will go through the first few. And mm. the first one is the hardest one. Define the problem. I just used this today on the phone with an out-of-state client. And they were having this huge conflict. And I asked him what was the problem. I asked her what was the problem. And it was basically each other. Right. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. We're not going to make the person the problem. We're going to define the problem. Because mm. you can't fix a person. If you try that, good luck. It usually backfires, right? But you can resolve or fix a problem. So we can't look at the person as the problem. So defining the problem is the biggest step. Well, and I heard this, I took a year in conflict resolution and I was being a little goofy at the beginning, but 
that was one of their first steps as well. I mean, this is something that is is known by people who are actually good at conflict management that if you take it personal or you make it personal, then you're no longer dealing with the actual issue. You're just picking a fight, basically. Yes. To and, what, fight. and what you're doing is saying somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. And mm -hmm. when you set that up like that, everybody loses. Yes, absolutely. So this is a resolution. This isn't a competition. Mm. Okay. So um, number two, discuss what you've tried and why it's not working. Okay. You ha so once you identify the problem, then you go back and say, well, here's what we've done. We've done this. We've tried this. We've attempted this. And if none of those things are working, it's sort of the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. right? We need to come up with something else, which leads us to step three, which is let's brainstorm, brainstorm rather, new ways to resolve this new ideas to try. Let's look at this differently and let's decide on one of those ideas. Well, and I think a lot of people uh, end up getting stuck at step two, especially when they're frustrated. They go, well, we already did it your way or we've tried fixing this before. So why don't you just get out? You know, if you have a problem with me and we're at each other's throats again about who didn't clean up the microwave or whatever, something random, then it's like, well, you know, we did, you said you would do this. It turns into you said you were going to fix it. You were going to do it. And then you just start, you stop it though. Well, we've already tried all these things. So now everything's just going to blow up again rather than, okay, well, we did try something else, but now we need to try. So what you're again. saying is they do one of two things. They get personal again. Mm -hmm. So they get away from the issue. They get into the personal pieces or they give up. Right. And I'm saying, no, 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 go back and let's come up with some new ideas. Maybe you come up with four or five, six ideas and you try the first one and it fails. All right, take it off the list. Go to the next one. But we, we keep trying until we find something that will help us resolve it. Absolutely. Now, I know that there's a few more steps on here, but we don't actually have time to kind of go through those. But um, people are more than welcome to reach out to you and you can kind of walk them through additional steps. But those first three steps are really a key starting point. Yes. And then the additional steps can come if those don't quite work. And so those well, are things that you can coach through as well, right? Absolutely. And the additional steps can sometimes be a make it or break it. So mm. I'm going to go into some more things that um, I help people look at for themselves when they're trying to resolve conflict. And one of those things involves values and expectations. Because really, if you're getting into a conflict, you're getting into the realm of different values or different expectations. Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't meet your expectation or have your same value, you pretty much are going to have a conflict. Right. Okay? So we flush those out. The second thing I talk to them about is you need to respond, not react. And the difference is responding is not emotional. You're not in fight or flight. Reacting is. Reactions mean they're connected to emotions. And so we talk about triggers. I help people identify what their triggers are. Some triggers are things like betrayal, rejection, insecurity, disrespect, um, challenged beliefs. There's a whole bunch of them. And with each one of those triggers, there's an emotion that it's attached. And it's typically what you see in conflict is anger. But anger is that second, that that emotion that masks the real reason why you're upset or the real emotion, mm -hmm. which could be sadness or pain or fear or frustration or guilt or shame or something like that. Then we get into um, how do you manage that anger and how do you manage when you get sideways in a conflict? Ever been sideways in a conflict? Many times. <laughs> and that's where it gets ugly. 
And so I talk about timeouts are recommended because when you're emotional, you're not thinking clearly, you're not in what we call executive function, and you're going to be reacting, not responding. And here's a fun little tip. If you're having a discussion or a conflict with somebody, stay seated. When somebody stands up, things ramp up. Mm. Is that not true or yes, what? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, jump in, Jesse. Do you have a question before yeah, I go Yeah, I mean, I think more? just, you know, again, based on things that I've learned in the past, these are all are, are very key. Um, I've heard them in different formats, but it's the same principle applies. I mean, ultimately, like you said, values and expectations we're talking about. Usually you don't get frustrated with someone unless they're doing something that isn't in line with what you th- believe in or what you want them to be doing. So your expectations or your values, right? Mm -hmm. And that respond versus react. Sometimes people will use those words interchangeably, but they have different real meanings where respond is a controlled, I've thought through this, here's my response to your thing. Reaction is an involuntary physical, usually reaction, but it can be some other things. And, and like you said, triggers and emotions usually cause us to react those things that get us amped up you know the way you know she chews her bubble gum just drives me up whoa right or whatever you know it's for me it's rubbernecking on a road like i hate driving in general i hate wasting my time when people feel like they need to slow down and stare at the car crash i'm like those people don't need more people staring at them they they're going through something traumatic people (laughs) and you're also making this drive take way longer than it needs to. And that like gets me in a headspace that I don't love because it drives (laughs) me insane. And it's like, it's, it's an involuntary reaction over this. Right. And so knowing what triggers you and then, when you do get triggered, knowing that, you know, you use the word timeout, which we usually associate with kids, but this, you know, we're talking about conflict management in general. This could be with a spouse, another relationship, work, whatever. You can take personal timeouts. We usually call it like walk away, but yes. it's like, you know, you can take a personal timeout because you need to deescalate yourself because ultimately, and you kind of have this on our, on our outline, the only thing we can control is ourselves, right? Like right. we can't make them calm down. The only person we can make calm down is ourselves. That's and sometimes right. removing ourselves will help both people calm down. And I tell, I tell my clients all the time, you may need to remove the child. You may need to remove the offending object, like if they're using something inappropriately or throwing it across the room, but you may need to remove yourself. Mm. <laughs> and if you're emotional, it's like negotiating with a drunk. You're not thinking clearly. You're right. in fight or flight mode. So you need to get settled down. I call it name it to tame it. Name the emotion. Be aware of what you're experiencing physio- physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, so that you can self-control. Right. So that you can get back into clear headed thinking mode. So one of the things that I find that in conflict resolution or any communication issues between parents and children or or husbands and wives are what we call the communication killers. Mm -hmm. And there are four of them. We call them the four horsemen. This is Gottman's work. He's a guru in all this. But I add another one because it's my pet peeve (laughs) and it's assumptions. Okay assumptions are so dangerous because you're telling somebody you're not asking. You're assuming that you know, and you probably don't. And it's very disrespectful to the other person. So you're immediately not listening. Immediately not listening. Right. And in fact, I had a little scripture at the bottom, you know, it's from the book of James, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Mm. That's really good wisdom, isn't it? Yes. But we often do the opposite. So, 
There are communication killers. I, assumptions are my pet peeve, but the other ones are criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, and contempt. And I won't get into all those, but it's kind of a funny note, or I guess maybe not so funny, but I've found it interesting that when people get really defensive, they're usually guilty. Mm. Defensiveness is, you should pay attention if you get defensive. There's probably something you need to pay attention to there yes, that absolutely. they see that you don't. So those are kind of the basics. There's a lot more, and I help clients really walk through identifying their triggers, identifying what emotion is attached to it, and give them actual skills and phrases to use to help resolve conflicts so that things go better for everyone. Well, and I think the key, like you've, you've laid out a lot of this, is that you have to keep communicating. And sometimes that communication, you do need to step away for a little bit. But the moment you just stop communicating where it's bi-directional communication and you just start yelling, which, you know, a lot of uh, media outlets like to do. They just like to start screaming at each <laughs> other, right? Personal. <laughs> so it's like, basically, if you take all the habits of the media look at those as things not to do in general, right? If you want to actually resolve conflict. And I think you're talking about a lot of these in a lot of different ways. And ultimately it does come down to making sure you stay communicative. The moment you stop talking, whether it's intentionally or it devolves into something where you're not actually communicating anymore is the moment you're no longer going to be able to resolve it. So Yeah, and you're actually saying two things. Either you stop communicating or you're you're communicating inappropriately and ineffectively, which is typically anger. Right. That just puts people in fight or flight and that's not effective and it doesn't help the relationship. And I'm all about at the beginning we always announce, you know, this is for you to enjoy your kids along the way mm-hmm. and that you want your kids to be with you when they don't have to be. Right. <laughs> that's the goal here. Yeah. So, um it's a complex topic, but it's really, there's some pretty basic, simple skills, not easy to apply, but they're highly effective and they can change an entire climate or relationship structure within a family. Well, and your kids are going to learn how to deal with conflict in the future based on what you do with them now. And so if you want to set them up for success, it's not just in the management of your child in parenting. It is how I treat them now is what they will probably inevitably model and use when they eventually go out into the world and have conflicts. So setting them up for success so that they're not getting out of their car in road rage and yes. <laughs> destroying someone. <laughs> and then you have to be the parent who has the kid that went to jail for. And they've destroyed their life yeah. and yours. You're right. It's like, that's, that's what you want to be teaching them. So understanding and being able to model that effectively and understanding it for yourself so that you can then teach it is highly important. The world needs more of this. We yes. need more conflict resolution. Not just conflict. We got plenty of conflict. Yes, we so. do. Amen. Well, if people are wanting to learn more about the steps that they can use to manage conflict, some of these four horsemen you discussed, or I guess five with the assumptions, one that's your pet peeve, um, they need to probably make an appointment with you, right? Like if they're having con- conflict and they do not feel like they're resolving it or it's not healthily dealt with, they need to maybe reach out and actually ask for some help because once they understand the process, which like you said, is not easy. I mean, conflict is never easy because it usually, like we said, comes down to values and expectations, Mm -hmm. things we want or things we believe about ourselves or don't see or don't see in ourselves. (laughs) We need to be able to 
work through those if we're going to maintain a healthy relationship with people. And so if they're needing help with that, I encourage you guys to make an appointment with Kim. She loves working through things like this with people and she's she's trained to do so, um, making sure you understand whether it's with your kids, your spouse or others. Like that's the other thing. This is a parenting podcast, but again, conflict resolution is a pretty universal thing that we all have to deal with at some and point. And Jesse, I'll, I'll jump in with this one last statement. <clears throat> Almost all relationship issues are unresolved conflict. Mm. If you think about it, if you if you have a bad feeling or a bad memory about somebody, it's because there was unresolved conflict. And we don't want to go. There th- it, yeah, yeah it just it's horrible. So, this will impact your parenting. It'll impact your marriage. It'll impact your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, and your life. Well, there's definitely right and wrong ways to navigate conflict. So, if you are feeling like you are not navigating it well. Make sure you reach out to Kim, make an appointment. Um, obviously, you can go to practice, uh, um, rethink parenting. Rethinkparenting, um, dot com. Dot com and make an appointment with her. She's got lots of available ways to get a hold of her. She's She wants to be there for you. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I pray that you are able to learn what you can about how to differently resolve things respectfully and effectively while keeping your relationships positive and healthy. Thanks, Thank Jesse. you so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode.